This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This week on the WOMED, we are speaking with Jenna Mao, who is a board-certified dance and movement therapist and counselor. She is currently working at Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. And part of what I love about this podcast is being able to bring y'all so many different options in the healthcare field. Jenna fell in love with dance at a very young age, and I love that she was able to take something that she loved and turn it into a career in healthcare. She brings so much light and information on this new mental health subset and I really hope to see this profession grow in the healthcare field. Have some tissues on hand when I ask her about her favorite career moment. It's really beautiful. I cried. Y'all will probably cry too. So excited. Thank you for tuning in. Kicking off the new season, sharing your nurse tea energy moments. This week's moment comes from at Mackenzie Sweet, who writes, My nurse tea energy moment, well, I'm not yet a nurse, but in school to be a nurse. A couple years ago, I felt like I wasn't able to be a nurse because of my disability. I'm severely hearing impaired with bilateral hearing aids. But your podcast and all the nursey energy moments have inspired me to be strong and look past my disability and do what I'm passionate in. Thank you so much for being a podcast I can listen to and be inspired by every time. Mackenzie, keep kicking ass and thank you so much for sharing your story. All right, everybody, welcome back to the WOMED. This is another episode where, you know, I'm doing things single. Um, it's kind of weird without Danny, but we love her and encourage her in all of the awesome things that she is doing. But today, we are talking with Jenna Mao. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and Jenna is a board-certified dance movement therapist and counselor how did all of that come about? It has been a long journey for sure. So I believe it. When I was in undergrad, I was one of those kids that was undecided forever. I think yes. I changed my major like six different times. <laughs> but one constant throughout all of my education when I was at the University of Wisconsin was that I was always involved in the dance program in yes. some sort of a way. Yeah. I grew up dancing and I had always wanted to continue it in some sort of a way, mm -hmm. but I never really knew where I wanted to take it. I didn't yes. quite feel like I could be a professional, like doing some sort of performance career. I didn't really yeah. feel like I wanted to teach it, but it was always a passion and something that I really, really loved doing. So when I was like, midway through, I think maybe like my sophomore year, mm -hmm. one of my professors was um, meeting with me and she said, you know, you strike me as somebody that might be interested in this crazy field called dance and movement therapy. That's so wild. I know. And I was so, so fortunate because at the University of Wisconsin, they had a certificate program okay. in dance therapy, which is typically unheard of because mm -hmm. all of the education, if you're going to become a dance therapist is at the master's level. Okay. So we actually had a dance therapist who taught a handful of courses at the undergraduate level so that okay. if there were people that were interested in the field, they could get like a little taste of what it was yeah. like. And then they 
and decide from there if they wanted to go on to graduate school to actually like pursue all of the education and degree Mm -hmm. requirements that it takes to become a dance therapist. So I gave that a shot and absolutely fell in love with it. And I was convinced that this is something that I wanted to do. And so then it took off. So from there, I did two full years of graduate school. And so I was from there so fortunate to then be hired at my job where I currently am at right now, which is working as a dance therapist in a children's hospital. Which is also a children's hospital that I used to work at in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, little known fact, Jenna's actually my cousin. <laughs> there's no, there's no, yeah, we're weird. There's no nepotism on this podcast. I just literally have never heard of that as a career. And I just think it's so awesome that you were able to take something that you've always loved so much. I mean, we we grew up dancing together in the mm-hmm. same studio. Yeah. And you were actually able to make a career out of it. And that's so freaking awesome. Well, thanks. So, and we're a little, okay. So we do a thing called kind of like a lubrication warm-up question. Uh-huh. And it's usually just something funny. But for you, I was like, you know, I feel like everyone who finds out that I'm a NICU nurse, they're like, oh my God, it must be so nice to sit around and hold babies all day. Mm, yes. So as a dance therapist, once people find out what your job title is, what's the first thing they ask you? Oh, what they ask me is um, more so along the lines of like, oh, your job must be so fun. I would love that. Can you come do that for the staff? Oh my gosh. And which would also be kind of cool. I would totally love it. I mean, I think there's, there's very real benefits in providing some therapy for staff in a hospital system because I'm sure. Well, burnout rates are so high. Exactly. Like everybody who is familiar with the system in any sort of a aspect is Mm -hmm. just very, very aware of how grueling and demanding it is to constantly be serving others and others in very fragile states. So there is, there is definitely some validity to that. Don't get me wrong. Right. I think what is hard for people to recognize is that while the therapy type isn't like what you're traditionally used to, like your mm-hmm. like talk therapists or your counselors or your psychologists, there is real therapy work being done in our sessions. It just yeah. doesn't happen through sitting in chairs and discussing everything. Right. We use our bodies and movements and sometimes, mm-hmm. yes, dancing to communicate what's happening with us right. and to process the whole experience and to find healing in that way. I, this is just so incredible because I don't know if, if there aren't many people that grow up with, with like a dance background, but you know, even people that just like to go out to a club and dance, you know, you're still expressing yourself through movement. Mm -hmm. But when I just remember in my ballet, like ballet career, primarily, there's something that just comes over you when you're moving and you can, if you've had a bad day, you might like dance it a little harder. Or if you're feeling a certain way, like it's, it's so hard to explain that, like, unless you're a dancer, that feeling that just kind of like, it's like electricity that moves through your body. Right. Well, and you just said it, it's a feeling, it's your yeah. felt, felt sense. It's all mm-hmm. of 
all of what you can't put into words. So this is yeah. exactly why dance therapy is so, so beneficial is because sometimes people don't have the words. Yeah. And especially working with kids, they might not even have the vocabulary to right. like articulate exactly what is going on for them. Yes. So if I'm working with you and you can show me with your body, that's what I'm trained in. I'm trained to see and observe various things in yeah. your facial expression or the way that you're gesturing or the way that you're carrying yourself or sitting. And then I can help you work through that because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't always have the words for what's no. going on. I lose my words on this podcast all the time. Oh, I sure. mean, like if I could dance out this podcast, it might be more entertaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for some people, I don't know. I've lost some dance skills. You know what? <laughs> But it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's just about, it's that communicating about how you feel and what's going on for you in the moment. It, it's not a performance. It's not the show. Like there's never right. an end product. It's no. always a process oriented experience. Oh, God, I love that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited that I get to learn more about what you do. And I'm so grateful to be here because it, it is one of those fields where we've been established since like early 1960s. And okay. It's definitely growing and always evolving. Mm -hmm. And I think what is so great about me being able to come and talk with you about this and let mm -hmm. more people know that and get more awareness is that we can work in a medical setting. Right. And that's, right. I think, a really unique like niche mm -hmm. for dance therapists to be in. It's really common for other therapists to work in like rehab centers or yeah. school settings or inpatient psych hospitals mm -hmm. or outpatient clinics. But the medical setting like hospital, I'm reminded of if anyone ever saw a girl interrupted and the, they're in class and the girl's sitting there and she's like, you're a tree, Janice, you're a tree. And she goes, <laughs> I'm a fucking shrub. <laughs> she won't stand up and dance. Okay. Sorry. Segway. Relevant. But Very yeah, relevant. you know, so so medical dance and movement therapy is mm -hmm. definitely a, a newer and less known about yeah. little, you know, subset of all of the great work that other dance therapists are doing around the nation. That's so cool. And I think um, when I worked at the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, I mean, obviously I was in the NICU. Like we don't mm -hmm. have dance therapy in there. We have more like speech therapists, occupational and physical therapists. Mm -hmm. Um but I remember uh, when I started, oh God, when I started, it was like 2007. <laughs> uh, it was a long time ago. Um, but during orientation, you know, they have everyone in there. They have um, NICU nurses. They have nurses in different units on the hospital. And just learning about everything that was offered at Children's was incredible. I mean, like I knew they offered like tutoring and classes and stuff, but I didn't know that this was a form of therapy. Yeah. The multidisciplinary support that is being offered in our hospital currently, but I'm sure in lots of other mm -hmm. pediatric facilities. Is, is it something that's ordered? It's huge. Is it like a doctor yeah. written order? Yeah. Well, so we're a consult-based service. Okay. So um, any sort of physician, nurses, nurse mm -hmm. practitioners, social workers, pretty much anybody that has access to the medical chart mm -hmm. can put in a request for myself or any other member of my team to go and provide support for patients. Okay, loves, quick time up for skincare. My first rule, most important rule, always wash your damn face. Don't sleep in your makeup. That being said, we all don't have time for the same skin routine. 
I used to use a micellar water to take all my makeup off and then wash my face, but I'm always trying to streamline my skincare routine. And Glossier has such a dreamy cleanser. It's called the Milky Jelly Cleanser, and it is exactly what it sounds like. And it's such an elevated way to wash your face as it removes all of your makeup, but doesn't leave your skin with that dry and stripped feeling. You'll know what I mean. Like if you smile after you wash your face, it's going to like crack. Milky Jelly won't do you dirty. I literally want to use it all over my body. This is one of Glossier's top selling products for a reason. Its pH balance formula works on five different skin conditions. It's dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, non-irritating, cruelty, and paraben free to give you that classic Glossier glow that everyone is craving. Get that dewy, glowy skin for yourself by visiting glossier.com slash podcast slash shameless. Learn more and take the quiz to find your ultimate Glossier skincare routine. Plus, all new customers will get 10% off their first order at glossier.com slash podcast slash shameless. Again, that's glossier spelled G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R dot com slash podcast slash shameless. So what types of patients do you normally get consulted on? You know what? It's kind of a huge range. So mm-hmm. currently I am supporting patients on our cardiac ICU. Okay. And then also in our hematology, oncology, and transplant floor. So typically yeah. a lot of like oncology kids. Yeah. Um, so I can work with all ages. I can work with little babies. Mm-hmm. I can work with school age kids, preschoolers, yeah. teenagers, you name it. I mm-hmm. can be there. So if I'm working with younger patients, like say infants, like less than a year old. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm helping them with a lot of developmental milestones that they might not be able to achieve because they're in the hospital setting for so long, you know, like a lot of kids do get delayed, you know, and it, and it's no fault of their own because their bodies are working so hard to recover or to grow or to heal. Um, but they're, if they're not able to be engaged with other people 24 seven, they're, you know, kind of like left in their beds and they're hanging and, um, it's, it's a necessary evil, but that can lead to a lot of other challenges in yeah. terms of their motor movement um, and their socializing and all of that great stuff that like typically developing babies will experience when they're yeah. at home. Um, so I'm there to help them to move in various ways or to get them positioned better or help yes. increase their comfort mm-hmm. and give them a way to learn that not all staff are going to be providing medical cares to them so that there is a form of touch that's really comforting and it's not always like pokes or lab draws or yeah yeah, all of that kind of stuff and then just to helping them form like good attachment skills because Mm -hmm. unfortunately a handful of the patients that I serve their parents aren't able to be at the bedside all the time um, because so they're then, working full time to pay the medical bills. Exactly, exactly. And there's lots of other needs, or if there's mm-hmm. siblings, what have you. Like, there's so many different reasons. Yeah. Um. So I'm there to provide that stimulation and get them up and out of their cribs. And so sometimes we dance together. So I'll hold them and we listen oh, to music and we that. move so they can get that vestibular yeah. input, which is so mm-hmm. important. And just giving them other ways to experience the world instead of just from their crib the whole day. Yeah. Um, So then with older kids who might be more independent with moving, Mm -hmm. I never really have a set plan. 
Yeah. Because I want the experience to be tailored right to the patient that I'm supporting. And I want it to be representative of what they need right in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I utilize a variety of different props to kind of help encourage movement. If this isn't something that people are really like comfortable with or familiar with. So I use ribbons and bubbles Mm -hmm. and balls and you name it, like all of these great things so that they're kind of abstract enough where you can explore it. And there's not always one way that you're going to utilize the item, whatever it is. Um, But so that it's just a little bit easier because you have a thing that you can manipulate. So it's maybe not as direct as, as like having them just move right on their own right. and like having me like witness kind of that. Or right. Because that can feel really intrusive and really scary. And yes. so a big part of, well, a huge, huge portion of my work is just forming relationships. Yes. Because when I can gain a patient's trust and they can feel comfortable in my mm-hmm. presence, then that's when more of the like scared or uncomfortable feelings can come out and then we can kind of work through them and find a good way to support them so it makes it seem like it's kind of this like weird out there thing no I mean like I I I see where you're going with that like I don't think it's like a hippy dippy (laughs) thing or anything like that I think it's very um it's very outside the box and I think um our healthcare needs to be outside the box mm-hmm. because we're so focused on like sick care, you know, and like we should be focused more on preventative care mm-hmm. and healing the body as a whole. Yeah. You know, not just like what's medically wrong. Like you are focusing on too on like, like the mental and emotional aspect of oh, it too. Exactly. And so I'm trying to encompass a little bit of everything if possible. Mm-hmm. So my main goal as a dance therapist is to promote integration throughout all aspects of a person's yeah. being. So their cognitive functioning, their emotional health, mm-hmm. their physical health, spiritual health, you name it. I want, my hope is that all of those different parts of a person can be fully supported and yeah. can feel like all of their needs are being met so that, yeah, the the main goal is like overall total health. Yes. Um, do you ever do like group classes, like for like some of the, like maybe like older oncology kids or older kids in the NICU that, or not in the NICU, in the hospital that might have, um, like more motility, you know, like, can they like leave the hospital beds, but they're still like kind of confined for like, you know, um, isolation reasons or, Mm -hmm. you know, reverse isolation type stuff. Yeah. So we definitely try. I think one of the biggest challenges and anybody that's familiar with a hospital setting in general knows that space is really, really limited. Yeah. So I would say like at least 95% of my work happens right at the bedside. So Mm -hmm. I'm going into the patient's rooms and we're either having them move in their beds or maybe if they can come out, we'll do that. Um, Mm -hmm. There are a couple of newer spaces where we've had some renovations on some floors that are a little bit bigger. I know. Um, And so we can kind of like scooch some furniture out of the way and get a handful of patients together here or there. Mm -hmm. Um, I partner with one of our... I feel like that would create a sense for like some of the more um, chronic patients, Mm -hmm. like long-term patients, it kind of creates a sense of community for them too. Oh, right. And they can totally um, see that they're not alone in their experience. Maybe there isn't somebody that's going through the exact same thing as them, Mm -hmm. but they can see like, Oh, Hey, but everyone needs a friend. Right. Like, Oh, in their like age range. Mm -hmm. Like 
oh, you're 13 and you have this diagnosis and your hair fell out or you're here waiting on a transplant too. Like Mm -hmm. that, that feeling of, oh, there's other people that are also experiencing this and then they can kind of empathize more Mm -hmm. with what I've had to endure. So they know exactly how this feels or what it's like to be here for so long. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that that is so so important and mm-hmm. we're really fortunate we have a ronald mcdonald house oh yeah that is right across the street from mm-hmm. our hospital so that's where the majority of the groups happen oh, for okay. the various creative arts therapists that we have so in that space we can work with families who might have a long-term kid yeah that's over at the hospital but then they can stay at so the you're house. helping the families out too mm-hmm. oh yeah we support everybody so for the most part we get consulted to see the patients themselves but if yeah. there's siblings that are struggling mm-hmm. with various aspects of being in the hospital or being away from the hospital we can support them we also provide a lot of support to the parents and the caregivers too yeah. because if they are not able to take care of themselves or if they're not getting their needs met in some sort of a way mm-hmm. it's that much harder for them to then be there yeah. for their child who is the patient and yeah. receiving all of the care so yeah we're trying we're trying to support as many people as we can yeah. and and it's a lot, but I think it's it's so important and we've definitely gotten a lot of feedback that it's it's changed some of these families. That's so amazing. Whole entire experiences yeah. because of the relationships that they've made, either with me wow. or with various members of my team. So it's a really God, I'm thing. so fucking proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so would you say that the whole program has been really well received? Like, are there, um, do you know if there's like other hospitals in the state or like country that are kind of adapting more dance therapy programs or? I think in terms of dance therapy specifically, as far as I know, Mm -hmm. I am the only dance therapist working in a pediatric medical setting in the state of Wisconsin. Okay. Um, I know. Wow. So there's like no one else on your team. I am the only dance therapist. Yeah. So I work with uh, another. Are you grouped in with like the occupational and like physical therapist too? Or... So no. We, okay. um, when I say we, I'm referring to my team because we work so closely together. I am on a team <laughs> of what um, we term the expressive therapy group. Oh, so okay. there are art therapists and music yeah. therapists. We have a massage therapist and a mm-hmm. recreational therapist. Oh my God. And we're all together. Like killing the game I know it's pretty great wow um so that's kind of where we fall so then we're grouped with the child life specialists Mm -hmm. and then that's under like the whole family services department so um PTOT is more their own thing with like rehab and all of that great stuff um I partner with them a lot Mm -hmm. um but we were kind of different in terms of like what category we fall under so then um there is a really wonderful um organization that supports helping dance therapists get into various pediatric hospital settings so I know that that that's the Andrea Rizzo Foundation and they have been able to support a lot of dance therapists out on the east coast okay and then I think there might be a handful out on the west coast too but kind of this like midwest you know like central part of yeah <laughs> um the states uh yeah I know what we're, you mean <laughs> yep we are like we're a little bit behind I would say but yeah. um it's it's there and so mm-hmm. I'm 
I'm grateful that we can like just keep on increasing all the awareness because the more people know about it, the more that they would hopefully be willing to bring some of us in. So I think it's it's really common yeah. for dance therapists to work in a hospital setting as more of like a contract or a part-time okay. status. And mm-hmm. so the fact that I'm able to be there full-time 40 hours a week is like, again, a really unique that's so cool. Unique situation for myself. And all of the expressive therapists are grant funded too throughout the hospital. So wow. we are really fortunate that we have a really great support in yeah. our community members that help to make sure that our jobs can stay. That's so cool. Are. I really yeah. hope this podcast helps spread awareness on dance therapists and like movement therapists. And we start incorporating this therapy more because it just, God, it, there's such a value to it. So what does a typical day look like for you? Sure. So uh, when I come in, I will get up to my office space and then I have access to all sorts of medical records. So we have okay. a, we have an electronic system. I think almost everybody does at this point. Yeah. There, I think everything is. People not doing paper anymore. No. Right? Um, are you guys on Epic yet? We are. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I will kind of take a peek at each of the patients that I'm currently following and then I can look in the various sorts of progress notes and kind of get a sense of what things have been happening since mm-hmm. maybe the last time I saw them or if okay. there was anything that happened overnight if they're like in a more critical position mm-hmm. so then I just kind of get a sense of what had happened since I had last seen them and then I also kind of check their schedule for the day so okay. I can see when some of those other therapies are coming like speech or yeah. occupational therapy or physical therapy because especially me being a movement-based support mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't really make a lot of sense for me to come in right after physical therapy is finished because, right, because maybe they might be a little sore uh-huh. or they might have had to you know take some like meds for pain or something just to be able right. to go through the therapy mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah so I try to kind of like space out visits from um, all of the different support people if mm-hmm. I can help it um, yeah. so I kind of gauge like schedules in addition mm-hmm. to if from some of my younger kids if there's gonna be naps or feeds that I right. want to make sure that I'm right. not interrupting so it's kind of this like puzzle every day that I have to figure yeah. out in terms of scheduling because Unfortunately, we don't have the ability to say, okay, I'm going to show up at 11 o'clock and like, this is going to be great and it's mm-hmm. going to be a good to go and I'm going to get the okay to pop well, in Well, you the have room, to be so. flexible in the healthcare system oh, because yeah. things are always changing. Oh, yeah. So that is one thing that I have learned to navigate. Um, I don't really think I have it down pat yet, but I've got a pretty good sense. So once I kind of identify what patients I need to either follow up with or provide some support too because it's been a little bit since I've seen them I'll also then check and see if I've gotten any new referrals that have Mm -hmm. came in and kind of do the same kind of deal there so from there it's just grabbing my cart with all of my props in it it's like this little box on wheels type thing (laughs) um and I go out and I hit the floors so um, there will be a couple days during the week that I can go and sit on some of the rounds that happen mm-hmm. so I can um, touch base with some of the charge nurses um, yeah. or the other like psychosocial support staff. So like social mm-hmm. work or case management um, and just check and see if they have any updates for me. But then I'm essentially if I don't know patients or I'm going to meet them for the first time, it's like doing cold calls. Yeah. I just kind of show yeah. up and knock on the door. I'm like, hey, Um and you want to dance today? Exactly. And I well, I kind of have to give this little intro like, well, first of all, did you even know it was coming? Because yeah. sometimes that communication isn't always there, but it's mm-hmm. okay. Um, 
And then, yeah, I kind of have to do this, this elevator pitch. Like this is something that I've had to kind of refine in the years since working in this field, because I would love to have this ability to shut the door, not let anybody else come in, have like 20 minutes of uninterrupted time. So I can really get to know patient or parents or whoever's Mm -hmm. there kind of assess what's going on and what kind of support they might need but like that can't happen so I've learned that I have to do this really quick on the fly like step out of the room if something needs to happen urgently Mm -hmm. or can't wait right um and then I always leave it up to the patient or the parents if they want me to stay so there is absolutely no requirement for me to work with a patient Mm -hmm. even if there's some really, really great needs that could be supported. If they aren't willing to have me do anything with them, learn Mm -hmm. anything about them, ask them questions, it's not going to be the right kind of support for them. Like it's, it's like one of those two way streets. Like Mm -hmm. I can be there and I can provide what I can, but if they're not willing to like reciprocate that and like kind of work with me, it's not going to be in their best interest. Yeah. Um, And I think that's one of the really unique aspects of my work is that I can be told no and it can happen from it like I can be told no from a two-year-old or like an 18-year-old and I have to respect their wishes but one of those things that can be so powerful because for the most part a lot of these kids don't have control in their day Mm -hmm. like in terms of really anything like if they have to take meds at a scheduled time they have to get up they have to do all of Mm -hmm. these things they have to go to these procedures yeah and they just they have to do it because in some cases like their their life literally depends on it Mm -hmm. but if I can be an adult that they can say no to and then I turn around and I don't see them again sometimes that's just as beneficial as me staying in their room with them for an hour or whatnot and having a discussion or offering them some sort of movement so Um, totally get that. Yeah. So my days really never look the same mm-hmm. and it varies, but I think that's what is really great about it is because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really get stagnant then. No. There's so many different things that can happen or that I can learn about or I can experience. Yeah. So it's really cool. Here on the WOMED, we love self-care and that can look different for everyone. One way I personally practice self-care is making the effort to move my body every day. That can be in the gym, on a hike, or in the yoga studio. I have health goals more than I have weight loss goals. And that is what Noom focuses on, the health goals. And what makes you feel the best in your body? Because everyone is so different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions that you're making and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyzing your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Noom has led me to make healthy choices way more easily. By helping me better understand my thought patterns behind the foods I choose, Noom is a flexible app that makes it easy to log my meals and eat what I want, in moderation, because I've learned to control my habits. It's not a new diet fad. You aren't depriving your body of anything. You can have that piece of cake. Nothing is off limits. You just learn to eat things in moderation. But it can be used alongside many popular diets if that's your thing. Noom is a place of encouragement. 
you don't make big life changes in one day. Small steps lead to big, sustainable progress. Sign up for your trial at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash WOMED. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash WOMED to start your trial today. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash WOMED. So I'm curious, like with um, schooling and like the graduate program and stuff that you did, was it primarily women and stuff in your class or were there like some men in there too? Because I mean, let's face it, there are some awesome male dancers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> really awesome. Yeah. Um, Travis Wall, you're like my favorite dancer ever. Love you're not going to you. listen to this, but it's my dream. I would love to just dance with him someday. Mm-hmm. Cause he's so good. Oh my gosh. I know. Uh-huh. So, uh, Sorry. yeah, I would say our, uh, is it female dominated? Yeah, the fee- yes, the field of dance movement therapy is very, very heavily dominated by women. Mm-hmm. Um, although in my cohort, uh, we had, I believe, what do we start? Well, we had a couple of people that left. So, mm-hmm. um, our graduating class had two males, I believe. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so like Good. we're definitely there. Um, and I had I had a couple of male professors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because I love male nurses too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like oh, I really yeah. I love that there's more men joining the nursing profession, even though that's been such a cliche, like female dominated world. But it's like men are such good caregivers too mm-hmm. so i i love that there was some men in your dance therapy program. oh yeah for sure and i think that they are like absolutely rocking it so good any any men out there that are looking to join the field of dance <laughs> therapy come on we're welcoming you for sure oh man it just seems like such an awesome job so i i mean like i've said i've honestly i've never heard of or thought of like dance and movement therapy as a possible job but i can only imagine how much like your patients and like the family members really appreciate the service that you're doing mm-hmm. um especially when they're confined to the hospital like you're bringing a lot of that outside world to them um can you share like one of your most favorite moments so far in work like you don't have to name names or anything but just <laughs> sure. like one of like your favorite you know, favorite experiences that you've had sure, or like breakthroughs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a patient that I met uh, probably like a year into working at the hospital and he had some congenital heart defects that had mm-hmm. been monitored throughout his life. I think when I met him, he was like, like a tween. Yeah. Almost, okay. almost a teenager. Um, and he, as soon as I had gotten a referral for him, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is great. Like I, I can work with, like I said, like all age ranges, mm-hmm. boys and girls, what have you. Um, it's, it's less common though, that I would get a consult for like a 12 year old boy. So I was like, cool. Yeah. All right, let's go check this out. And he just absolutely within the first like five minutes of meeting him blew my mind. <gasps> he was ready to go. His mom was like, Oh, this is going to be perfect. So he dancing is his thing. Like it's his form of exercise. So much right now. This is awesome. <laughs> it, it brings him joy. He loves to perform. It was just 
it for him. So oh I, I vividly remember the very first session that I had with him. I was kind of like, okay, how do you want this to go? I've got music. You can show me what you like. Mm-hmm. We can do some things together. Yeah. And he, from day one, was like all about the performance. So in our ICUs, we have um, like completely like glass doors. So everybody yes. can see everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to listen to uh Beyonce's Who Run the World and Amazing. he was twerking in his Stop hospital it. room and he was like basically like as far out of his room as he could go without like ripping out his nasal cannula and he was just hamming it up he wanted everybody to come down to oh that end gosh. of the unit to like see him do his thing and so from there, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, like we are going to be like buds. I just yes. know it. So from then on, like any other repeat admission that he would have, I would always go and stop in. And we were able to form like a really, really great relationship. So that's incredible. When it came to the time when he was then listed for a heart transplant, yeah. I was able to follow him through that whole process. And then after receiving his transplant, I was there to use dance as one of those things to help motivate him in his like physical recovery yeah. because it's a huge, huge surgery. Yes. Um, so he was dealing with a lot of um, soreness in his chest yeah. and just overall like fatigue and mm-hmm. less endurance. And he, he just got so weak for having to be in bed for a while. But mm-hmm. towards the end of the admission, he was like almost back to like a hundred percent himself. Yeah, and so, incredible. and so here's the best part on the day of his discharge, he said that he wanted to dance his way out of the hospital. So, no. Oh my God, I'm crying. So, oh my what God. did you know? He takes, he takes my iPad, he puts on fight song of all the songs. We hook it up to the speaker system. He was at the end of the unit. We danced and walked him out all the way down into his car. All of the nurses had lined the hallways and oh were my clapping God. for him and were crying. And I was like a shell of a human by the time that day was done. Oh my God. Because I was like, I was so happy. I was like, it was, I mean, it was, it was almost all happiness, but like, of course there's tears and there's just like relief that he got through this whole process and he's going home. Oh my God. You helped him so much. Yeah. So he still comes back every now and then for like some routine checkups. And this kid has, he has gotten himself just like so attached to so many of these staff. So he knows how to get a hold of anybody he's like (laughs) calling people on their direct lines he'd be like i'm here i need you to go see me so what a punk i love it yeah he is a really special human but that i think was one of my like greatest moments as a dance therapist just because of like the magnitude of specifically like that day of discharge post-transplant such a journey with him yeah we we and still are on with him that's Mm -hmm. amazing yeah Oh my god, <laughs> that's so cool! Oh my word. Okay, well, that was a really awesome moment you have shared. Um, have you faced any like major hurdles or like hardships in you know trying to like establish yourself as a um, like a real service or a real form of therapy or like what's the what's the hardest thing you've had to face? In oh your sure. Career? Um, I think that just like you were kind of were alluding to, like 
educating all the staff about what my job and my supports entail is Mm -hmm. is really something that I have to work at every single day because Children's is a teaching hospital and so that just means that there's a lot of turnover there's lots of new Mm -hmm. faces coming in and out or there's residents switching service lines so there is like that consistent home base with like a lot of our nursing staff our care partners a lot of our Mm -hmm. other um like psychosocial support people but there's also a lot of fluidity and new people coming in and out in various Mm -hmm. areas so um one just being able to be on people's radars that I'm here and I can provide this service is Mm -hmm. huge because I am the only person like in the entire in the entire 300 bed hospital yeah that does this so it's like yep I'm party one and uh so that's always been hard the number of times I've encountered people in the elevators and they look at me and they're reading my name Tate they're like oh you're a you do what oh I didn't even know you existed I was like well thanks I've been here for three and a half years but it's fine um so you gave your elevator pitch in an elevator oh exactly (laughs) that's probably where I do it like the most aside from doing it at bedside but I um I'm always trying to get yeah people to recognize that I'm here but then to also realize that it's more than just dance or it's mm-hmm. not even dancing because I think there's this huge stigma with the title yes. in and of itself that, well, like this kid can't move or like they don't feel well. Like why would they even do that? So then mm-hmm. I think before people would even ask me to come and introduce myself, they're already making that judgment call that like, yes. well, it doesn't even make sense to like try and bring her in here because from their perspective, they don't think that there's anything that I could do for them. But yeah. Um they're confined to a bed. Like what are you gonna do? Exactly. But it's like one of my biggest talking points is trying to get people to understand that it doesn't have to be this huge, large, like grandiose movement. If I can help No, they're not with... doing like batmas and jetes no, and like or like we're not doing Zumba. No. We're not like hip hop, tam dancing, like absolutely none of that. I'm never gonna come in and teach you that. If I, <laughs> I'm going to come in and we are going to learn eight, eight counts and then you have to perform them by the end uh-huh, of the day. And across the floor and there's going to be costumes and lighting. Like, absolutely not. Um, that would be cool <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> so I want people to recognize that like the body is my tool that yes. I'm helping to tap into. So mm-hmm. I can do really, really minimal things to help there to be a shift in a person's body because of the way that they're thinking or they're Mm -hmm. breathing and that is dance therapy yeah because yeah because it involves the the small like the micro movements that are present Mm -hmm. because they can be just as impactful as like the really big huge things or whatever other people are kind of envisioning it to be well it's just a form of helping someone to express themselves in a way that they might not be able to Mm -hmm. or just to like have more awareness about Mm -hmm. what's going on because Mm -hmm. I think my guess is that there could definitely be times when people would just want to like check out or like not even try to focus on what they're experiencing because it might just be too much Mm -hmm. and if that's the case it might also be really beneficial for them in small ways that like feel safe to them just kind of start to realize like oh, this is what this is feeling like and it's okay because this is now my new normal and how Mm -hmm. do I adjust to this Mm -hmm. and what 
what things can I do versus what things can't I do. Wow. That's amazing. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of it. And I just love seeing how much <laughs> you light up talking about this. Like you've really found your calling. It's so cool to see. Thanks. And I love that we're getting to talk about this and like spread the awareness of it. Heck yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for, um, anyone wanting to join this field or thinking about joining it? Sure. Um, Oh, good question. I just want people to know that there are so many possibilities Mm -hmm. and you can really create like your path exactly how you want it to look. So like for me, I was always drawn to the medical field and Mm -hmm. I wanted to utilize. You've always had a caring heart. Yeah. I've always wanted to use dance therapy in a way that, um, can really help with like the healing that we were talking about Mm -hmm. and like the physical sense in addition to the emotional. And, um, so it, it, it's like so open. So like, if you have that drive or you have that interest and that spark, like Mm -hmm. go with where that takes you and then see where it leads because it's, it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, you get this degree and then you only Mm -hmm. got like so many options. Like, if you're willing and you want to make it work, like you can kind of take this wherever you want it to. And I think that's so cool because it, it needs to be out there and it needs to be accessible for so many different people. Um, and the more we can do that, the better because healing in, in all of its various forms are so important for just society in general. So you got to make that happen. That's a great answer. Thanks. Um, what would you do if you weren't in the medical field? Oh, um, truthfully, I'm not a hundred percent sure because, because <laughs> you feel like you're I, in such the right place. <laughs> well, yeah. And like ever since I started those like first couple of certificate classes in my mm-hmm. undergrad and I heard that there was the option to do medical dance therapy, I was like, oh dang, like that's what I want to do. So um, I like really put the pedal to the metal and I made that happen. Like I was working a week after I graduated my Mm -hmm. master's program. So I think that I, you can say that you wouldn't want to do anything else too. I mean, I might, but like at this point, like there's, like I was saying, there's so many things that I learn at mm-hmm. a given day yeah, and that I like have yet to experience within this field. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of good where I'm at. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I am curious. Did you have to pitch yourself to the hospital? I Like, this is what I do. This is what I have to offer. I think you should, you know. Initially, no. So there was um, some work that was done kind of behind the scenes to get my position um, to be it was it started off as a part time opportunity. And then as Mm -hmm. I was working more, I think because it's a teaching hospital, I'm always going and talking with other people and getting them to understand like what all of my supports entail. So within the first couple of months that I was there and the more opportunities that I got to meet with more people, then, um, my, 
my um, department was able to then shift my position to be full-time within okay. about six months of me starting there. So was it like an internship that you had started in with it? Or like, did your, like the program at UWM did that, was that like, oh, hey, by the way, there's this so thing going on at Children's. Yeah. You so try it out. In my, um, in my graduate program, we had to do a practicum and an internship. Mm-hmm. And so our practicum is just like a shorter, like summer experience where we're okay. just kind of like getting our toes wet. Like, yeah, we're, we're on site and we're helping facilitate like the initiating groups or services mm-hmm. or whatnot. But then our internship is like, you're kind of jumping in, like doing all the work. So I did my okay. internship at Rush University Medical Center, which is a bigger um, general hospital in the Chicagoland area. So then mm-hmm. I saw the job posting for Children's when I was still oh, okay. in so they graduate just school. Had it listed. Yeah, so they so were cool. there, and then I uh, applied, and they were willing to wait until I graduated to get me on board so that's so cool and that's just like that just goes to show like when you're on the right path these doors will open like things will align Mm -hmm. yeah so I I think that that internship that I had in graduate school really Mm -hmm. like set me up for success to get my foot into the into the hospital system Mm -hmm. because it's like there are so many moving pieces like you know this there's so many things that you learn and like even if you have the best orientation in the world it's Mm -hmm. like one of those things that unless you're in the moment and you're doing it and you're experiencing everything like you can't possibly figure out all the ins and outs and like what makes you like really click with certain things or helps you to remember all like oh my god it's so overwhelming I remember like my internship my head was just spinning like for weeks and weeks because I was like I am totally overloaded with all this information I'm trying to learn this gigantic system and all Mm -hmm. the ins and outs so um yeah my internship experience really gave me like I think a head above yeah a lot of some of the other people that might have been trying to get into Mm -hmm. the hospital system because once you kind of have that familiarity with Mm -hmm. how all of that goes it just makes it a little bit of an easier transition, but yeah. still, if you're transitioning from system to system, there's still lots of different things oh, yeah. that you have to navigate. Dear ladies, we have to support ourselves in order to support each other. And what's the most supportive thing we wear? Our bras. I've talked about Third Love before with y'all, and they just keep getting better. Their bras are designed to fit you, not the other way around. They have over 80 bra sizes. But Third Love knows that the only size that matters is yours. They have memory foam cups, no slip straps, and no annoying scratchy tags. Your size and everything is printed right on the band. Third Love helps you find the right size by taking a quick quiz that's based on the fit and brand of your current bras and breast shape. They even have half cup sizes. What's really cool is their perfect fit promise. Every customer has 60 days to wear and wash the bra and really put it to the test. But if you aren't happy, you can return it. They donate all their gently used and returned bras to women in need, thus supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the U.S. Returns and exchanges are free and super easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering my listeners 15% off on your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash WOMED now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com 
slash WOMED for 15% off today. So we have started a new segment called Everything is Pulsable. Oh, I like <laughs> that. Honey and great. Okay. Um, so it's um, just going to be kind of like a series of, you know, dream big sort of like questions. Okay. Um, what do you still want to do within your career? I want for there to be more of like there I want there to be more of me in yes. various aspects of the hospital so I think that if I can advocate to get more dance therapists on board that's going to be amazing I want I want to be like working within a team yeah. of dance therapists in a medical setting I yes. think that would be amazing because being myself and like not having other people that have my same training to kind of mm -hmm. bounce ideas off of and collaborate with. Yeah. It's always been a challenge and it's something that I've gotten really accustomed to, but I think that it would be so ideal for there to be a handful of dance therapists in a medical setting so that we That's could awesome. like really band together and do some really incredible work. That's so cool. Do you, you don't ever go over to the adult hospital, do you? I don't. Okay. No. Nope. So just children. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you still want to do in life? Have babies. Have babies? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh God, I can't wait for those babies. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I want to, yeah, family is, like, really important to me. And working mm -hmm. in a children's hospital, like, a lot of these patients are, like, just, like, tiny little humans. And when, yeah. the, when I'm with them, like, I get to have that, like, little moment where I get to be their caretaker in some mm -hmm. sort of a way. So I think that if I can then have a little family of my own, that would be yeah. really great to come home to. That's amazing. <laughs> um, what is on your bucket list? Like your top bucket list item? Oh, some sort of travel for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I definitely have the travel bug, although holidays are tricky and lots of time yes. off is hard so if yeah. you're trying to go like abroad um that's definitely something to plan for so mm -hmm. uh my husband and I definitely are trying to figure out how to do some sort of like a euro trip and yes. hop around and well do... Jerry does a lot of traveling with the UWM and football team yes he does yes although not so much international so we gotta like well, get yeah. across the pond <laughs> yeah <laughs> and see what there is to see in other countries well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Jenna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about dance and movement therapy. I am so excited for people to listen to this podcast and hopefully um, any other nurses or medical professionals that are listening might take it to the board, you know, and be like, hey, this will be really great on our unit. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, welcome to my little world of or little section of world changers because I think that's what you are and <laughs> oh thanks I am so happy to be here and I'm so happy that I got to kind of spread a little bit of knowledge to everybody else I love knowledge bombs yeah all right thank you so much mm -hmm. well that's one hell of a way to kick off season two or should I say dance off season two either way I'm so happy to be back I hope you enjoyed this episode Keep DMing me your nurse D energy moments or guests that you'd like to hear from on Instagram at the WOMED. You can also follow us on Twitter at the WOMED. We are also on Facebook. Tune in next Monday, guys. 
WOMED out.